0: Hello hello and welcome to Tuesdays with the F1 guy and we are back but this time we are not gonna be talking about any recent Grand Prix. we're gonna be talking about the highs and the lows of Formula 1 overall so guys uh, before we begin I would like to apologize for my voice right there if you can guess it I'm ill currently sort of I have some kind of throat infection that is kind of popular in my local town so yes I'm I apologize for that, and without further ado, let's just, you know, get into the sport. We'll just get to know more about the sport, let's just say, you know. So guys, uh, in this episode, we are particularly going to be looking at recent Grand Prix, Grand Prix, like in the 21st century, not the Senna Prost era or the Lauda winning the title by 0.5 points, not that, we're going to be talking about Lewis Hamilton's first in First title, I mean the season 2007 and 8, we're gonna be talking about Sebastian Vettel's 2010 title and George Russell in Bari in 2020 or Sakia Grand Prix, and the most controversial one, Abu Dhabi 2021. So, guys, without further ado, let's talk about Lewis Hamilton or Sir Lewis Hamilton. My god, that debut season 2007. The Stevenage rookie driving for McLaren, Hamilton started P4 on the grid in the first race in Australia, first corner, first race, a move on the reigning double world champion and his teammate Fernando Alonso, Hamilton laid his mark for his career. I mean, 2007 was one of the greatest rookie seasons this sport has ever seen. Hamilton, uh, it was, I believe it was the Chinese Grand Prix in 2007, where it was wet near the pit lane, and the team called him in, he went for the pit stop, and, you know, as, after the hairpin, in China, the second last corner, you go straight on for the pits, and you take left for the new lap, he went straight on, but it did not stop there, he locked up, or, He slipped, I guess, yeah. If I'm right, he slipped because the conditions were so wet and he went into the gravel trap just next to the pit lane and he DNF'd there. That costed him the 2007 World Championship. But not only that, on the final round in Brazil 2007, Hamilton suffered a gearbox issue, I believe. Yes, it was a gearbox issue, which allowed Kimi Raikkonen to win the Grand Prix and become the 2007 world champion that would be Kimi's one and only world champion world championship in formula 1 i mean on the one hand we celebrated Kimi's title but on the other hand we missed out on a never done before rookie world title in formula 1 and frankly so i don't think in current era you can actually become a rookie world champion because you see after f2 you move to the sister teams in Formula, like so if you're at Red Bull Academy, you move to Alpha Tauri or if you're Mercedes Academy, let's just say uh, you move to Williams, like that. Ferrari, you move to Alfa Romeo just like Charles Leclerc did in 2019, uh, 2018 sorry my bad. So on the one hand, we did celebrate Kimi's title but on the other hand Lewis Hamilton's rookie title was something we missed out on. This sport can be cruel in many ways like in 2008. Oh my god, that Grand Prix. Okay, let me just give you the answers first. You know, Lewis Hamilton's first world title, amazing, amazing. But his rival, Felipe Massa, guys, the Brazilian, Formula One arrived at Brazil as its final round, and the Brazilian was on pole position and he won the race. Meanwhile, his title contender Lewis Hamilton fell behind some guys but 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 (laughs) but at the last lap on the last corner Timo Glock's Toyota was suffering from tyre deterioration and that allowed Lewis Hamilton to sneak up that position and get into that vital P5. The difference between Hamilton and Felipe Massa was of 26 seconds, as Felipe Massa crossed the line, Lewis Hamilton was still in 6th, I'm sorry, he was in 7th position. So, for 26 seconds, Felipe Massa had those crucial points that would allow him to become the world champion, and he did celebrate, Ferrari celebrated for 26 seconds, but As the checkered flag fell on Lewis Hamilton's head, he was in P5 as him, Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Weddle both overtook Timo Glock on the last corner of the last lap and allowed Lewis to get into uh, that P5 which allowed him to gain 4 points and that was enough as that year's championship standing after the race was Lewis Hamilton with 98 points and Felipe Massa with 97 points. That are the margins in Formula 1 and yes, we did celebrate Hamilton's first title but Hamilton won 6 more. We, ne- we didn't know if he was going to win another one. He didn't win for six, re- uh, 6 years in fact but Felipe Massa never became a world champion in Formula 1 ever again. These are the highs and lows we are talking about guys. We celebrated uh, young Lewis Hamilton's first title but we missed out on one of the legendary ferrari drivers i have to say you no know, doing at any other circuit doing, doing it in any other country winning the title is okay it's fine we can understand it but doing it in front of your home fans is something not everyone can do and felipe massa did exactly that but for 26 seconds that was one of the most emotional podiums i've ever seen in formula 1 felipe massa pointing towards the crowd crying but yes, as a Lewis fan, I, you know, I respect Felipe Massa and I will celebrate Lewis's first title in a dramatic fashion. He won that as well. Next up, we're going to be talking about the 2020 Sakir Grand Prix. My oh my. Famous for various reasons, Sergio Perez wins his first ever Formula 1 Grand Prix. Like his debut was in 2011 so it took 9 years for him to win his first ever grand prix a double podium for racing point currently aston martin mm, but aston Ocon in p2 come and that was a race and a half in 2020 as covid strike, the season was postponed the formula 1 season was postponed and i like the races were kind of restricted you know, many uh, in many places there by the pandemic going on with serious intensity. Otherwise, it was blocked off for, you know, like two races or such events, which include international travel. So, Formula 1 did two races at in, in Bahrain, known as the Bahrain Grand Prix and the Sakia Grand Prix. Bahrain Grand Prix, which includes the normal current day circuit and Sakia Grand Prix, a shorter 91-lap race. And that race was one hell of a... Like, I know I'm saying it this like a million times, but that is one of the greatest races I've seen, you know. Because I was a little bit, what can I say, mature at that time. That's what I'm saying. Otherwise, there have been many great races in Formula 1. But we are distracting off our topic. We're going to be talking about George Russell and Mercedes for a minute. Many of you know George Russell drives a Mercedes, but that's in 2022. From 2019 to 2021, he drove a Williams. So, in 2020, when COVID struck, it did not only strike the nation, it, like, it did strike the the sport, like, come on, I need to improve my grammar, I know that, but it did strike the sport quite hard, as I mentioned before, we have to, like, we had restricted amount of races, but... The reigning world champion, the six-time or the seven-time world champion, Lewis Hamilton, tested positive for COVID-19. And for him to replace was George Bloody Russell. That is his first-ever Mercedes drive in 2020, Saki Grand Prix. And Valtteri Bottas took the pole position. Of course, uh, I kind of think that Valtteri Bottas was and should have been the lead car in that race as his most experienced and he actually was a permanent driver for Mercedes. But we'll talk about the race results. Sergio Perez won it, Esteban Ogall in P2, Lance Roll in P3. Th- those are the surprising ones. George Russell in a Mercedes 9th, he finishes ninth. And meanwhile, 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 Valtteri Bottas finishes 8th. Those two started 1 and 2, but what happened was... In turn 1, we're going to be talking about both the Russell and the Checo Perez incident. First lap, and it was turn 4, I believe. Yes, it is turn 4 in Baron right? Yeah, it is. Charles Leclerc crashes into Max Verstappen, who crashes into Sergio Perez. I guess it was like that. And Sergio Perez was round in turn 4 on the lap 1. He completed the lap 1 in the last place ended up winning the Grand Prix. But that's not what we're talking about, we're talking about the Mercedes guys. uh, What happened was um, when he crashed. I I think it was Nicolas Latifi who crashed. Or It was Pietro Fittipaldi of Haas. I don't know, I can't remember correctly. I know, I should have done my research. But guys, please consider this one. I'm kinda ill right now. It was Haas or Williams who crashed and there were debris on the track. A safety car came out that called in for a double stack at Mercedes. Russell, who took the lead of the race on lap one, was leading the race. He came in, he had his pitch stop, Bottas came in, the tires were not ready. Bottas had a longest drop, so he dropped behind George and behind I think it was Esteban Ocon in P2. He dropped uh, he dropped to the third position. But after some laps Bono called George Russell in. On the radio, it was heard that George Russell had a mixed set of tires. like half of his tires were Valtteri's set and half of his tires were his set. Something like that. So he had to pit again. Then he started fighting back and Adios Sergio Checo Perez was in like fourth or fifth position by the time. Then he got into the lead, Checo. Russell was catching It was almost certain that it's going to be George Russell's first Grand Prix win in Formula 1. It was there, it was there, it was there. And Pono calls Russell in once again and there was a rear left puncture that allowed Sergio Perez to just cruise towards his first ever victory in Formula 1. But that left George Russell distraught as he was dropped to p nine. That was George Russell's first ever point in Formula 1, but what could have been if Mercedes didn't do that strategy or that pit stop blunder? It could have been George Russell's first win in Formula 1, but, but, as this is an highs and lows episode, we're gonna be talking about that. On the higher side, Sergio Perez, the man driving for Red Bull right now, drove for Racing Point, did not only win the Grand Prix, it saved his career. By winning that Grand Prix, he was put on the map. He was put on the target list of Red Bull sort of, and Red Bull signed him for the following season in twenty twenty one, and they have renewed him this year for twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. That really did save his career. Unfortunately for Daniel Ricciardo, that won't be happening. (coughs) And the lows: George Russell, P nine, missed out on potential win. Valtteri Bottas, that that, that was abysmal from Mercedes. Yeah, that's the word, abysmal. I was trying to find a word, but Mercedes, you know, they are sort of a new team, having been in the sport for 12 years, but they have won 8 constructors. I mean, I know I'm gonna gonna get slaughtered for calling them new, but come on guys, 12 years and 70 years of Ferrari, there's no match, but Even though Ferrari are uh, in the sport for 70 years, they are still making mistakes. And I firmly believe that if in 2022, if Mercedes had Ferrari's car, Lewis Hamilton would have been an 8-time world champion. And Mercedes would be leading the constructors right now and not Red Bull. Despite the RB18B's overall dominance, the max dominance, you know... Ferrari didn't just play it right, like, strategy blunder, the reliability issues, even the drivers, Charles, Carlos Sainz, I mean, it didn't just fall into place for Ferrari, but I hope next season they can retaliate, but the bigger hopes I have for next season is Mercedes finally coming back, come on guys, you need to come back, this season, not next season, you have to make some comeback in the last 4 races, as we're gonna be talking about that as well by the End of this episode. So there's that for the 2020 Sakia Grand Prix. The highs was Sergio Perez winning the Grand Prix, lows being George Russell mi- missing out on potential win and finishes P9. Next up, next up, we're gonna be talking about the 2010 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Oh my, oh my. Going into the final race, Sebastian Vettel was in third position. In the constructor, not not in the constructor championship, in the drivers championship, Sebastian Vettel was in third place. Mark Webber was second, and Sebastian and Fernando Alonso actually led the standings. But uh, like the Red Bull took the pole on Saturday. Sebastian Vettel started the race from P one, dominated that race, and ended up winning it. But behind him. Fernando Alonso, who started P3, ended up finishing P7, which was just enough to make Sebastian Vidal the world champion, like, I'll explain it further, the race started, there was a first lap incident between Luigi and Michael Schumacher, the Mercedes and the Force Honda car were both out, it was kind of a horrific crash, you know, and Michael was still smiling after like, hats off to Michael for that one legend of course, but after the first round of pitch jobs, Felipe Massa was unable to undercut Mark Webber and Felipe Massa eventually finished P10 just behind Al in the Ferrari Toro Rosso Ferrari like it was the sister Red Bull team back then, it was not Alfa Tauri. So, But that is not the crucial point. The crucial point being, Fernando Alonso was stuck behind the Renault of Vitali Petrov, And that is... Like, I cannot believe. Fernando Alonso is a two-time world champion. I know Ferrari uh, Ferrari have done him multiple times. But at that point, Ferrari was clear on the radio that he is not going to stop again. And with six or seven laps to go, Fernando Alonso asked, When is he going to stop? Why hasn't he stopped yet? Like... Come on, man! They told you, but you no. Know, I I believe. I strongly believe I'm gonna get slaughtered, but I strongly believe Fernando Alonso should have been able to get past that Renault. And the race order for that one was Sebastian Vettel wins it, following up with Lewis Hamilton and Jenson Button in the McLaren, Nico Rosberg in P four, Robert Kubica in P five, and Vitali Petrov crucially in P six, and Fernando Alonso in P seven. Struck behind Petrov lost not only the Fernando the race, but he lost him the third world title. And winning the race, Sebastian Vettel gained four points on Fernando Alonso in the overall championship standings. Like the championship st- standings after the race was Sebastian Vettel, 256 points, Fernando Alonso, 252 points, Mark Webber, 242 points, and Lewis Hamilton, 240 times. So going into the race, there were actually four title contenders with after the race, we got our youngest ever world champion, Sebastian Vettel. My oh my, Sebastian Vettel, one of my favorite drivers. In fact, if I hadn't fell in love with Lewis Hamilton first, it would have been Sebastian Vettel the next. Sebastian Vettel, most dominant driver in F1, I believe, even after watching Max Verstappen. That is something for the other videos not this one Uh, not the videos the podcast excuse me guys i'm so sorry but yes so sebastian vettel the youngest ever world champion that day he was crowned that night he was crowned the youngest ever world champion whereas fernando alonso again missed out on the third world title that ended up being his last chance no guys no 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 That was not Fernando Alonso's last chance. I believe Fernando Alonso's last chance for that third world title ended at the 2012 Brazilian Grand Prix. Oh my, oh my. That Grand Prix was (laughs) insane. It was more insane than the 2008 Brazilian Grand Prix, which we saw Lewis Hamilton became the world champion in. Going into the race... Um, Sebastian Vettel was, I think, leading the World Championship, but Fernando Alonso could have easily won the title. As you know, I, I'll 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 dictate you the race first. Then we'll talk about it. With only light rain just ten minutes before the start, all teams opted to start on slick tires. You know, ten minutes that's like ten laps in Brazil. Vettel started poorly. Uh, he dropped to P seven with his rival Fernando Alonso moving into 5th position. Not only that, Vettel and Bruno Senna collided at turn 4 in a racing incident which saw Vettel spin while Senna ended up hitting the rear of Perez. Vettel suffered damage to his left sideboard but was able to carry on in 22nd and last position. However, the reigning world champion began to move up the order as there was close racing for position at the front of the field as well. Rain began to fall during the next few laps, and the first cars made pit stops for intermediate tyres, including the two title contenders, while Button and Hulkenberg stayed out. This proved to be the right decision since the ra- rain decreased shortly afterwards, and cars on intermediate tyres were forced to pit for slick tyres. Hulkenberg continued his strong performance by overtaking Button for the lead at the end of lap 18. Which, guys, by the way, on lap 18, when both the drivers crossed the start-finish line, their official time differential at the finish line, at the end of that lap, was 0.000 seconds. My, oh my. They they went side-by-side, like, literal side-by-side on that lap. The two guys in front leading the field by almost a minute, then... Let's just keep in time. With the two cars in front leading the field by almost a minute, debris on the track brought out the safety car on lap 23. At this point, Alonso and Vettel were running fourth and fifth place, which was enough fighting for um, this Sebastian to become the world champion. But at the restart on lap 29, Kamui Kobayashi took fifth position from Vettel. The damage on that Red Bull slowed Vettel down. And I think that also hindered his uh, radio, perhaps. I mean, it certainly did. If I'm right, his radio was broken down during that race. Down considerably more in driving in dry conditions, and Massa helped his teammate by overtaking Mark Webber. No, 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 he did not overtake Mark Webber, I'm so sorry. Massa helped his teammate by overtaking Sebastian, I'm so sorry. I mean, in that race, I remember Mar- uh, Felipe Massa did eventually overtake Mark Webber, but he also did overtake Sebastian Vettel, which helped Fernando Alonso to become a three-time world champion. But, 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 meanwhile, at the front, Hamilton took second from his teammate and was able to pass Hulkenberg when... Hulkenberg and Hamilton kind of collided and Hulkenberg did spin that Hulkenberg <laughs> once again l- losing out on another podium but Hulkenberg pursued the McLaren but slid into him on lap 54 so here's where the collision took place I'm actually reading this stuff I've wrote down in my book but yes so Hulkenberg uh, kind of did a half spun and then Hamilton took the lead but Hulkenberg uh, pursued the McLaren and slid into Hamilton on lap 54, leaving Hamilton out of the race with damage to left front suspe- suspension and himself with a drive through penalty. You know, Halkenberg got a drive through penalty, handing Jensen Button the lead. Jensen Button, the 2009 world champion, we have to talk about that as well, but not in this episode. This has gotten quite long. But when the rain started again, Vettel was one of the first to pit for intermediates, but since his radio had failed, the team was not ready for him, causing a long delay. Ferrari timed Massage pits up well, letting along the take second position from him. Vettel took sixth, but from Michael Schumacher, I mean, Vettel was in seventh. Michael Schumacher, in his last race in Formula 1, surprisingly let, let Sebastian pass into that sixth position. Michael Schumacher uh, to be retiring at the end of that race itself finished P7 but Sebastian Weddle in P6 which proves sufficient to retain the title even with Alonso finishing second that crucial P6 a gift from his German teammate from his German buddy Michael Schumacher allowed Sebastian Weddle to win that third world title my oh my but that you know we are talking about the highs and lows, but that proved to be Fernando Alonso's last chance, I guess, for challenge for to for winning the third title to challenge for the title. I mean, realistically speaking, Alpine will not be challenging for the title. But 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 I forgot that Fernando Alonso has moved to Aston Martin now, and even he won't be challenging for the title the aston martin i mean what kind of decision is that i heard that otma was going not otma yeah it was otma i heard that otma was going to renew fernando alonso and alpine had created some special edition car for fernando alonso kind of like that but yeah it was not meant to be for alonso on that day you know but still fernando alonso one of the greatest drivers in formula 1 but sebastian vettel won is third consecutive title which made him the youngest ever triple world champion so those were the highs and lows let us talk about one last one more the last and the most controversial one probably the 2021 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix the 2021 season was one of I mean, that season saw one of the closest title battles it had seen in years with the Mercedes dominance. But still, 2021 British Grand Prix, let just skip behind a few races. The place where I started watching the f- Formula 1 sport. The sport, I mean, I love it so much, but first lap, title contenders, Max Verstappen and Lewis hamilton collide, Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen was yeeted into the wall, and that impact was recorded at 51 g's. That is quite a big impact. But Max Verstappen walked out of that incident unscathed. I mean, you know, okay. Not only a Lewis fan, but honestly, you, if you if you just skip behind a race, no. If you just skip behind two years, the same Grand Prix, the same corner, the cops corner. Hamilton and Portas are fighting for the lead, where through Lafield, I guess, uh, he took the lead. Lewis Hamilton took the lead through Lofield and Brooklyn. Towards Cobbs. they go, and Portas tries to make a move on the inside, and Hamilton actually concedes the lead at that point. This is what he expected to do when he made a move on Max Verstappen in 2021. Like, okay... Max Verstappen, before becoming the world champion, was the most aggressive driver in Formula 1. here yeah, i just say it. He was not one of the... He was the most aggressive driver in Formula 1. Like, the 2018 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the place, you know, uh, he overtook Esteban Ocon. It was never Max's corner, but he forced the move. Esteban Ocon had to back out and eventually conceded the position to Max Verstappen. That is what was supposed to happen at the British Grand Prix, but Max Verstappen did just concede. He just went for the apex, or he just tried to keep his lead. Meanwhile, Lewis Hamilton, of course, 6-time world champion, is not going to back out, mate. Come on. Like, he went for the move, Hamilton's front left, Red Bull's rear right collided, Max Verstappen's out of cops, yeeted into the barriers at 51 Gs. That allowed Lewis Hamilton a 10 second time penalty and that allowed Charles Leclerc to slip past into the lead of the race. But with just three laps to go, Hamilton overtook Charles Leclerc at the same corner that he yeeted. Max Verstappen. It's just so funny man. But still, Hamilton won that race and it was his eighth British Grand Prix win. Now he's tied for the most wins at the same venue with Ayrton Senna. No, not Ayrton Senna. I think it is Ayrton Senna. But, a uh, Michael Schumacher, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm confused. So, but there's that at the British Grand Prix. That was the spark for the title battle. Next up, uh, I think it was the Hungarian Grand Prix. It was funny one. Bottas forgot how to break. Bottas just, you know, just becomes a bowling ball, goes into Landon Norris, who goes into Max Verstappen, who goes into Checo, Uh, They're all out with Max Verstappen suffering heavy floor damage. Allowed him to finish P10th. Uh, He actually fought with Mick Schumacher. You know, that was a battle and a half. But that's not the battle we're going to be talking about. We're talking about Fernando Alonso vs. Lewis Hamilton. We know the rivalry between them. We know they were both teammates in 2007. When the rookie, Lewis Hamilton, outscored Fernando Alonso. Not outscored, but... He had more wins, he had, no, he had same number of wins, he had more poles. he had more, you know, qualifying head-to-head, he had more race head-to-head, they were both on the same points, but, yeah, kind of, Lewis Hamilton did kind of out-qualify this Fernando Alonso, but, hungry, Hamilton went on to finish P3 after battling Alonso for laps to come, if if it wasn't for Alonso, we would have never seen Esteban Ocon become a Grand Prix winner in Formula 1 As Hamilton would have easily, you know, got past the Alpine of Esteban Ocon. But Sebastian Vettel was in P2. I'll tell you what happened though. After the race, Esteban Ocon won the Grand Prix. Sebastian came up just behind him in P2. Just behind Sebastian was Lewis Hamilton. You know, they both celebrated podium after Turkey 2020. But, but that wasn't meant to be as Sebastian Vettel was disqualified after the race, you know, after, uh, like, the same incident that happened with Max Verstappen at the Singapore Grand Prix, where the teams have to provide one litre of fuel sample after the session and that wasn't sufficient in that Aston Martin. So, that was the reason Max Verstappen was called into the pits at Singapore 2022 Grand Prix, but, yeah, Sebastian's disqualification allowed Carlos Sainz finish p3 and Lewis Hamilton in p2 okay that happened then comes the Belgian Grand Prix and there goes the Belgian Grand Prix the Grand Prix didn't even take place but surprisingly Williams of George bloody Russell that guy man he's popping off everywhere surprisingly George Russell when the drivers crossed the line he was on provisional pole but he was just nipped by Max Verstappen go on to pole position and on Sunday when the rain came you know that that was one hell of a depressing Grand Prix it wasn't even a Grand Prix man the Grand Prix was cancelled sort of you know we just had four laps behind the safety car and half points were awarded to the drivers but 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 Max Verstappen was awarded the win and George Russell in P2 for Williams, my oh my, what a lap that was, for Lewis Hamilton in P3 that concluded the Belgian Grand Prix, next up we move towards, you know, Italian Grand Prix, Italy we move towards, no, it was Zandvoort, yeah, it it was Zandvoort after that, uh, forgive me, forgive me guys, Zandvoort, Max's home race, you know, Mercedes straight line advantage, Zandvoort does not have that very much, Still, Verstappen took the pole on Saturday with just 0.014 seconds to go. And the race order was Max Verstappen winning the race. Next up, Lewis Hamilton in P2. And next up, Valtteri Bottas in P3. Fine. Then comes the Italian Grand Prix, the sprint race. Daniel Ricciardo. You know, the 2021 season is another season. We can do it and we can cover it in one episode. But yeah, I will not over that, you know, Hamilton and Verstappen did collide again at the Italian Rampierre. Okay, enough about the season, let's move on, let's keep towards the Abu Dhabi 2021. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton went into the final round with equal points on the board. It was, I believe it was 389.5 points between them. There was 0 points between them. They were on level points, but Verstappen was ahead in standings because ...of that Belgian Grand Prix win, you know, if uh, if both the drivers challenging for the titles finish on the same points... ...then the championship is won by whoever has the most race wins. If that is equal, whoever has the most second position. If that is equal, whoever has the most third position. So, if you ex... No, you, you cannot exclude the Belgian Grand Prix because... Max Verstappen won that Grand Prix on a technicality, I have to say, and half points were awarded, and then the Grand Prix didn't even, there was no racing, but still, Hamilton had 8 wins, and Verstappen had 9 wins before Abu Dhabi, and, you know, that if both drivers, DNF, if both, if both drivers didn't make up a single point, you know, didn't get, didn't gain a single point, yeah, you're probably gonna be, you know, cursing me for my grammar mistakes in it, but uh, that's not the point, the point being that, if both the drivers didn't score any points, that's, there you go, that's the correct drama, if they both didn't score any points, what's would have been world champion on a technicality that he has more wins, but should Belgian Grand Prix considered as a win, I don't know, because they both had the same number of P2s, and if you exclude the Belgian Grand Prix, they had the same number of wins, but, you know, the Belgian Grand Prix, Hamilton finished P3. So, if they both had the same number of wins and P2s on at Belgian Grand Prix P3, Lewis Hamilton would have been 8-time world champion. But what happened was, on, in the qualifying, uh, Max Verstappen, uh, I think he qualified. Yes, he did, he did qualify on soft tyres. He took the pole. Hamilton started on mediums in P2. Brilliant, brilliant strategy from Mercedes. Just like in 2014, Hamilton got a great start on the lights out and Hamilton took the lead from Verstappen just like he did in the 2014 Zavudabi Grand Prix against Nico Rosberg. First round of pitch stops, Hamilton comes behind Checo Perez who is leading the Grand Prix. Checo Perez who has not stopped. Checo Perez uses all his might to defend against Lewis Hamilton and make him lose time which allowed Max Verstappen to gain from 6 seconds, the gap was 6 seconds to just 2 seconds, and there was the term that "Checo is a legend, used by Max Verstappen on the radio. But not also that, it was said, it was a record-breaking when for Lewis Hamilton, as if he had won that Grand Prix, that would have meant he would have been an 8-time world champion, but on lap 54 after fighting with Mick Schumacher, Nicolas Latifi went on the dirty side of the track, spun it onto the wall into turn 14. I still remember that corner, man. Which brought out a safety car. But here's where the controversy comes in. <laughs> safety cars out, and it's not great for the entertainment for the race to be ending behind the safety car, but sporting regulations say. It should have, but that is not my point as well. The point being, uh, of course, you know, these two were in the league of their own and they they were lapping cars like all the leaders normally do in Formula 1. And there were lapped cars between them. So when the safety car came out, the message was that lapped cars will not be allowed to pass the safety cars. This was the message, uh, you know, to the drivers, to the teams. So, but still, Max Verstappen pitted for the soft tyres, you know, he would still end up in P2, so Red Bull were trying their absolute best, and Hamilton stayed out on hard tyres because Hamilton was like 3 seconds ahead of Verstappen, so if Hamilton pitted, he would have lost the track position to Max Verstappen, Mercedes opted for the track position, Red Bull opted for better tyres, but... (laughs) You know, since then, Formula 1 has banned the telecast of uh, radio messages to the FIA. We were heard, the race director at that time was Michael Massey. The radio message was, Michael, one lap is all we need. And on that 57th out of fifty eight, message, I I still remember seeing that message, you know, uh, on the top of my television screen coming up that... Lapped cars will now be allowed to pass the safety car. And also, just next to that, where the time chart is there, it was written, safety car, ending. That, that was the moment. like, come what is happening? It, this can't be happening, surely not. not. Not this way, this is not going to lose this way. And, you know, arguably, it is Red Bull's, if you cannot say it is Red Bull's pressure man, come on. It was Red Bull's idea, sort of. you know? It was dramatic. Come on, guys! Two protagonists fighting for one title on equal points sides with just deciding lap would be the just that last lap of the Grand Prix. It was, it was like a scene out of a movie. You know, Netflix. Strive to survive. My God, they were like, you know, licking their lips. Like, yeah, th- there's con- there's cotton we need. But. Max Verstappen was so eager to go, that even though there was safety car, they were going side by side. And um, as Hamilton was on worn out hard tyres, and Verstappen was on, an, I think it was a scrubbed soft set. It was soft set, but I don't know if it was new or it was scrubbed. It, it had to be scrubbed from qualifying, no, not from qualifying, from practice. session oh, Come on, guys, don't, don't, don't pinpoint me on that one, but... I still remember I, I I stood up from my seat and I started recording it and as the track went green Hamilton took off was tap and took off and I heard Crofty saying as the crowd rose the drivers on to that final lap and into turn 1 Hamilton still leading all good all good all good into turn 3 by the time we got into turn 3 no I I I said to myself Lewis, just do anything, just, just just don't crash into him, and for the moment, I actually said like to myself that, inside line, okay, just focus on that inside line, turn 5, Max Verstappen dives down the inside as Lewis Hamilton was on the racing line on the outside, Max Verstappen dives down the inside at turn 5 and takes the lead and Crofty goes. Max Verstappen dies down and Lewis Hamilton sees him coming. Max Verstappen now snatches the championship trophy from Hamilton's hand. And that was the moment, I, you know, I, uh, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, at dnynrej underscore g-o-r-e, you know, I'm going to post that video, I still have that on video. I just started, I was in disbelief, my worst nightmare actually came true. You know, in the most dramatic and the most controversial way, Hamilton lost that title. You know, I I, I still can, I still cannot believe that night. I, like, it was Hamilton's title. You can argue me on that. You know, West been drove like a man. He drove like a legend. He drove like a beast all year long. And, of course, he deserved that title. But Lewis did deserve that race. No matter the outcome. If... Hamilton winning that race, meaning that there would be, you know, a change of prime minister of United Kingdom, I didn't, no one cares man, come on, like, it was Hamilton's race, the outcome didn't matter, so yes, I believe, this is my statement, I believe that Max Verstappen did deserve that title, but Hamilton deserved that race, but these are the highs and lows of Formula 1, where we saw... Max Verstappen clinches first-ever world title in the most dramatic fashion. We saw <laughs> yet another record-breaking moment. Just missed out like in 2007 when Hamilton's mistake at the Chinese Grand Prix. We missed out on the record-breaking Rookie World Championship. We missed out on the record-breaking 8th world title. In Formula One, like honestly I cannot believe this. But you know, these are the highs and lows of Formula One. We have to deal with that. But let's just for a moment, you know, off try, let's just skip into twenty twenty two. Daniel Ricardo confirms he will not be on the grid for twenty twenty three. You know that that is just saddening me that the twenty fourteen Red Bull lineup will not be on the grid anymore. Then again, let's just skip towards uh, the uh, cost cap issue so just before the Japanese Grand Prix Toto Wolf started speculating that there are some teams that went over the budget of 145 million which was allocated to the teams in 2021 and one of them teams being Red Bull Racing <laughs> So let's just keep the Grand Prix the Japanese Grand Prix fast forward to Monday the it was announced that Aston Martin are in, are in procedural breach of the cost cap regulations and Red Pool Racing were. they Well, basically, they did a minor overspend of less than 5%. So it was 2 to 3 million and something like that. Like nothing has been confirmed yet. There. there are no penalties as of we know. Like, no, like FI has not said any penalties. They have not just announced the penalty. They are still. No processing what should be done. But meanwhile, uh, team principals like Zach Brown, he said that uh, if a team goes over the budget, there should be stiff sporting and financial penalties. Meanwhile, Toto Wolf said, <laughs> he said that uh, if, you know, just staying below the 5% mark, just, you know, just brings on financial penalties, then watch out for Mercedes next year. I'll purposely go over the cash cap and make a faster car. So, you know, the pressure is there on FIA, but, okay, so, I could, you know, as Lewis fan, I could say it is karma, but I also believe that uh, Red Bull have said that it's for catering that they've gone the, over the budget, but I don't know, like, yes, if you had to outsource and, you no, know, Red Bull didn't knew that this was a part of the budget cap, but, uh, Okay, okay, that, that's another episode, but I believe that Max Verstappen, should not be stripped out of his title in 2021 no as a sport fan that is wrong as a Lewis fan do it (laughs) do it nine points take it out of him i don't care do it Lewis, have it a late title that's the Lewis fan speaking from the inside of me that's not me the real me is this the sport fan so yeah guys that were the highs and the lows of formula one i'm sorry this had to be a long episode and i'm also sorry for my voice or the drama mistakes that i usually do but i hope to make it better and yes guys um, so next week is obviously we're gonna be talking about the united states grand prix and the results of it russell has said that mercedes you know their quota is a strong circuit for them and russell has said not me so yes so guys uh, today is october the 18th tuesday uh, i don't know when you are listening to this episode but yeah if you enjoyed it make sure you drop a follow on spotify and check me out on instagram at d n y a n r a j underscore g o r e so i will be seeing you next tuesday on tuesdays with the f1 guy talking about and discussing the united states grand prix so thank you so much for listening to this episode guys these were your highs and lows of formula One. see you thank you and adios amigos